Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, sidekick, wingman. Present. I'm so glad you're here, Tom. Thanks for having me. You know what? One of the, our favorite kind of shows to do... Yes, sir. ...is that our our famous, world-famous... Okay, not world-famous. Well, world-famous in our famous minds. Famous in our own minds, right? <laughs> our top ten shows. They are fun. So we've done They're some really good... Us. Yeah, we we Yeah. I love doing top ten shows because it's we like... Get, we get decent feedback, too, don't we? We do. People like to hear the top ten list because it's things that they might not have thought of. Yeah. And also, whenever we do these lists, it's, it's, a, it's always fun to see... You do your list, I do my list. Yeah. And to see which one's going to kind of coordinate them and say, hey, we're thinking along the same lines. <laughs> right. Or like, man, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So there's a, there's strength in numbers. Plus we'll get some back from our, our uh, listeners every now and then. We, That's right. We forget some here That's and there. That's exactly right. But this isn't an exhaustive list. No. It's just the top ten. It is. You might have like something that may be 57th on my list. Yeah. But anyway, what we're, what we're, doing, what we're doing in this list on is, you know, there's a struggle in this day and age to kind of keep your family in the Catholic church and to keep their hearts and minds. We're kind of preaching to ourselves, aren't we? Amen, brother. We got families. We both got big families. I think we got like 74 kids between us. I know. And, and, and so sometimes it's just difficult to, in this culture to be Catholic as a family. And so we thought we'd come up with the top 10 ways that, that we think that you can keep your family sort of active practicing Catholic. Good stuff, man. right? So we're gonna we're gonna just kind of in. launch into those top ten ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you need to take notes or whatever, you might want to pull the car over. <laughs> I don't want you to have a wreck, you know, and just get like three ways. But uh, uh, we're gonna go through all ten of us. We're gonna we're gonna I guarantee we'll get them through the whole show. But uh, it's gonna be fast at the end. We always end up like cramming the last two or three. We do. So number one, and this was number one on both of our lists. It was, and that was this idea of going to mass. Every Sunday. And don't miss. Now, you might think, well, that's kind of a silly thing to put on there. Don't we all go to Mass as Catholics? Common sense. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, there's a little pregnant pause there as we kind of take that in. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we don't. I mean, I run into that all the time. Anecdotally, I, I people all the time telling me, um, well, we didn't get to Mass uh, last Sunday because, you know, the kids are in competitive soccer. And we got to travel. And we do all that. And, and of course, uh, we, you know, or we got this hunting cabin. And we got to use it. And we go there. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And we kind of commune with God. We look at the, you know, the sunrise and the sunset. And then we blow a deer up or whatever. You know, we feel <laughs> really, really uh, close to God. And I, I think those are all awesome things except the blowing up the deer thing. I don't like that. But, but the point is, I, I think those are awesome things. But... If you make going to Mass your priority, I guarantee you, wherever you are, whatever hunting cabin, within some moderate distance right. is going to be a church. Yeah. You will be able to find a Catholic church. Well, especially if you're away. The message you're sending your kids when oh, you're away and you right. go to Mass, yeah, oh, that's huge. Man, that sticks. Mom and Dad made us go every single week, and we yeah. were not allowed to miss. Well, those that's are some of the deal. greatest lessons we teach. Right. So that's really number one is this idea of going to Mass Every single Sunday. Yep. And it's not just so that the kids go. It's it's an amazingly large number of parents that start missing Mass. Yeah. And what does that teach the kids? It's okay to miss Mass. Yeah. Every, every once in a while that happens. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's you got to go every Sunday. Now, 
that said, mm-hmm. a caveat that comes along, not caveat, but an, an addendum that comes along with that number one, it's like 1.5, mm-hmm. is go on purpose to a weekday mass. Oh, yeah. Right? Don't just like, uh, just go and say, hey, we're going to mass today. Well, it's not Sunday. Well, that's okay. Get that's, in the car. Hey. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> and that sends an incredible message to kids, young and old. These top ten things, by the way, aren't just for people with just little kids. Because you know, a lot of people are listening and going, yeah, my kids are 30 and 40 and whatever. And they're done. They're out of the house and whatever. But I'm telling you, as a, as a, you're, as a parent, you're always a parent and you're always a witness. And yeah, they're them. paying attention. And there's also grandkids. There, there are. Right? You, you have sway over a lot of things influence especially if you've been a good mama or daddy right they respect you they trust you they believe you mm-hmm. going to mass on a weekday it's sitting there going like what's going on it's a big message you know and the brothers and sisters will get together and say i think they think they're getting ready to die or something how they're getting so holy <laughs> you know and but but the beauty is i'm i'm telling you when something out of the ordinary happens like they went to mass on a day they didn't have to it wasn't an they obligation. Note. They take note. They remember that. Yeah. And they go, well, okay. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, number two on our list of top ten ways to keep your family Catholic is I think that you need to have at least one family meal every week. And again, in the day, we always did. I remember growing up, we always sat down at family dinner. Yeah. It was a mainstay, especially the big Sunday dinner. Oh, yeah. But it's not quite as common anymore, right? In fact, it's hard with all of our, our competing schedules and all the different activities. sports practices, the school uh, activities as you state, uh, the things that are on TV and the things that interest us, and they're pulling us in all these different directions. And, of course, you know, the, the young adults are in college. they got school. they got classes and all these things that happen. And so what I, I think is if, you, if your family's kind of getting pulled apart meal-wise – Make a conscientious effort to to say, you know what, this Sunday we're going to have a family dinner. Right at Everybody the house. Needs, at the house. At the house. Right. Not necessarily at a restaurant. That's Correct. not. It, that's a start, but really it's not the same until you like. Not. We're going to the house and it's cooked. Right. If you want to cheat and you want to go buy some turkey in a bag from Kroger or whatever, that's okay. That's okay. But the reality is having it at the house around that dinner table. And I can't tell you just what a joy it is for me because we can't do it every time. We all have busy schedules. We do. But when we do it and we call up the kids, the ones that have moved out, uh, and, and, you know, bring the grandkid, you know, everybody comes together and we sit around this big giant dinner table we have. It's fun to watch, isn't it? It's, man, it's a hoot. And it's just like you sit there and you look at all the, and you, and I, and I look at my wife and I'm so proud and and, and, and in a good way and say, Hey, we, we, we made all this. Yeah. And there's something just beautiful about coming together as a family. Um, in that way, in a family meal, you're right, right, and that and that's going to help you to be Catholic. It's just having that family meal, you know, praying, giving thanks to God uh, for that particular meal, but also for your family. Correct. Just being together in family. Family is that's the building block of of society. You're right. So that's a that's a good thing. So kind of tied to that is our our number three, and we kind of both had different ways of looking at this. But about so this the same. isn't two point five. No, this is three. This is three. Okay. We're on to three, All and right. that is. To pray as a family. Okay. Now, see, I just lost a couple of people who were listening going, oh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, and they, they see themselves like in the middle of some circle on their knees with their hands in the air, you know, and they've lit a bowl of incense in front of them, and all the kids walk in and go, oh, my gosh, Dad is whacked out. Yeah. He's lost it. Yeah. Right? It, and that's not what I'm talking about. If you want to do that, go for it. If your kids think, that's cool, he's lighting mm-hmm. fires in the living room, that's great. 
if that's what it is. But we have different ways of praying, but just the concept of coming together as a family in prayer, and most especially in the context of the rosary. The rosary is such a beautiful prayer that can be said as a family, and it's easy. Uh, You don't have to invent things if people don't feel comfortable praying just just making the words up right, just just saying what comes to to their heart. Some people are very comfortable with that. Some people aren't. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is, well, you start with the rosary, right? And and you pray the rosary. And then essentially what you do is you realize you have this beautiful relationship with, with a mother who loves you. You're right. The mother of us all, the mother, uh, the, the mother of our church. Yeah. Right. Jesus is mama. She is. Uh, and, and to have this relationship with Mary in the context of the rosary is an important thing for your kids to see. It is. Right. Yeah. Well, and what we talked about, too, was consecrating your children to Mary. Yeah, see, in the context of that. Right. You you did that 33 Days of Morning Glory awesome. thing. It was Father awesome. Gately's consecrating book. your heart to Mary. How beautiful. It's was beautiful. It? And what's neat about Mary is Mary is there to help convert. Uh, convert your children, convert everything around right. you. And so that's really what you're doing when you go through that. Yeah, so pray as a family. Pray the rosary. And bring Mary into that inner circle of your family. Right. And you, you will be thankful because, again, she's a mama that loves She's going to help you kids. convert. It's not right. going to be you. Amen. Yeah. That's, it takes all the weight off. That's exactly right. right. So uh, our number four is, uh, this is an interesting one. It's what we started doing in our family. Every night, every Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. you know, we started this tradition of reading the night before Christmas, right? And, uh, and we get ready for Santa Claus to come, and the kids are all in anticipation and whatever. And uh, this was my wife's idea. You know, she's the only one in the family. I'm just a deacon. And she said, uh, you know, we really ought to be reading from the Bible. Yeah. And so we started a long time ago when the kids were really little. And we started reading Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. And just, you know, it's just a couple of pages. So it's starting off with you and Bess. And now the kids are reading it, I'm sure. Yeah. And so we start doing this. And you and so, share it. Well, and so every night now before Santa Claus, mm-hmm. right, we're excited about the gifts and whatever. We read the night before Christmas, but we read Luke's gospel. Right. And it just puts Christmas in context. Yeah, why we're really doing this. Right. And you think, well, hey, that's a, that's a pretty simple thing. i got a Bible, Dusty, laying around here somewhere. Yeah. Let me crack it open. That'll scare everybody in the family. <laughs> Hearing that thing open up. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. Right? And it, it, just, it just puts in context now what Christmas is all about. Yeah. Right? And then to realize the greatest gift that's given. Uh, and so that's, that's number four, reading Luke's account of... The birth of Christ uh, on Christmas Eve, and it's how beautiful tough. that is. Uh, and then number five is is good too. Number five we we have is volunteer, perform like service hours and, and works in the community. Yeah, to get your family involved in that, not yeah, just live, you. Live your faith as a family, exactly, and yeah. and do things that where you don't have to say. By the way, I'm a Catholic. Right, just you do don't, it. And you don't do it necessarily at the Catholic Church. I'm not saying you can't do it at the Catholic Church. Right. But do it in places where people who are not Catholic are going to experience the love and mercy and grace of God yep. in their lives because through your hands, through your words, through your thoughts, through your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's a powerful witness to your family. It is. And so your family together is living the faith. One of the things that we do uh, as a family usually is uh, my wife and a couple of other ladies started this process of uh, the missionaries of charity have a house uh, in our city, and mm-hmm. uh, we call it Mother Teresa's house. It's what's always been known as. But uh, then, but women, battered women, and uh, women who are having difficulties in their families, whatever, will go and stay there uh, for a time. And so, people in the community bring food. 
They bring perfect. the meals. It's perfect. So we make sure that there's a dinner. So one night a month, you know, and usually we'll take one or two of the kids. Sometimes I get to go. Sometimes just my wife and a couple other folks. But the reality is having our family exposed to that, it just teaches. That's perfect. It's what it means to, to, to live our faith and to be Catholic. So we've gone through five of these ways. You're, you're humming through them. We're, we're going through. We've got five more. We're going to take a break. I uh, just want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com, and we're going to come back, I promise, with five more ways to keep your family Catholic right after this. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. In the 2,000-year history of the Catholic Church, there has been no greater evangelist than St. Paul. Born as Saul in Tarsus, Paul was very well educated and his family possessed the coveted Roman citizenship. As a devout Jew, Paul studied the Torah under the famous scholar Rabbi Gamaliel. Concerned about the claims of Jewish followers of Jesus of Nazareth, that Jesus was risen from the dead and the Messiah long promised by the scriptures, Paul began working with his temple authorities to persecute the Christians. He was present during the stoning of St. Stephen, one of the first deacons and martyrs of the church, holding the cloaks of those casting stones. Paul obtained letters from the high priest authorizing him to arrest Christians and bring them forcibly back to Jerusalem for trial. On the road to Damascus, on mission to stamp out the Christians, Paul was struck blind and thrown off his horse. Jesus appeared to him, lamenting, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? After three days in Damascus, he recovered his sight and was baptized a Christian. Then he spent three years preaching throughout Arabia. Paul then headed to Jerusalem to meet with Peter, the leader of the apostles, with whom he spent 15 days in Jerusalem. At that time in the early church, There was much debate as to whether followers of Jesus had to be first Jewish and follow all the Mosaic law. Paul was an advocate for the position that Jesus was the Messiah not just for the Jewish people, but for the entire Gentile world, and that a new covenant was formed by God through Christ, freeing Christians from the ceremonial obligations of the Jewish law. After much discussion in Jerusalem, St. Peter received a sign from God that Paul's views were correct. Paul was then commissioned by the early church to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul's preaching and missionary journeys are well known. He worked tirelessly to preach and establish churches throughout the Greek-speaking world. His letters written to these churches are preserved today and make up the first books written of the New Testament. Paul attributed his own success in preaching to his determination that he would preach no message but Christ crucified. Ultimately, Paul was arrested and transported to Rome, where, by order of the emperor, he was beheaded. His feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 29th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorian, and we are talking about the top ten ways of keeping your 
family Catholic. And we've covered five. We covered five. We talked about going to Mass every day and kind of popping a, maybe a weekday Mass in there to kind of throw them off. Right. Right. We talked about, you know, having at least one family meal, mm-hmm. how important family was. We talked about uh, praying as a family and consecrating your family, your your kids especially, to, to Mary. Mary. Yep. Having Mary be the mother of your family as well. We talked about... Uh, reading Luke's account of Christ's birth. It's a simple thing you can do just on Christmas Eve. Right. Kind of a cool thing to do. Uh, and also talked about uh, volunteering and performing service hours and works of mercy, corporal works of mercy out in the community. Yep. Uh, what a beautiful gift that is to be able to do. So now we're moving on to number six. Here we go. Right. And so this is a good one. It's another one of those modeling things, but take the kids with you to confession. Yes. We always talk about confession every time, Can, don't we? We should just open up the show one time and say, confession. There yeah, you go. It's yeah, over. It's over because that's yeah. what we talk about. We, we talk about how important confession is. And it is important that how you go to confession. Sacrament. Yeah. and But at the same time, a lot of times we don't stop and think that the kids need to go. Right? And so taking the kids with us. It's a huge message. The little ones, you know, they... A lot of times they'll like to go to confession because, like, Dad would take them to get, like, a milkshake afterwards. It's bribery. It's okay, but that's a good kind of bribe. Yeah. It's helping them know the sweetness of the <laughs> grace of confession, right? If they're going to associate confession, you know, some people associate confession with, like, going to the dentist. Yeah, no. It's not. It's not. It's more like getting a milkshake at McDonald's. It really is. A strawberry shake. Yeah. You know, and so, so taking your kids, it models and helps people. The whole family knows, like... We go to confession. We do that. Yeah. It's just one of the things that we do as a family. Mm-hmm. That helps keep the family Catholic. It does. Because when you don't take them to confession, and maybe that's because you're not going. Right. Right? So I guess you technically have to start by going yourself. If It's been a while. Right. We have shows on that. So uh, <laughs> tune in. Just Google <laughs> Confession and Catholic Cafe. And yeah, you'll on the find website. Several, several uh, shows on confession. Right. Number seven, another modeling thing. Let the kids see you pray. This is an interesting one because a lot of times people think, well, I pray. I pray while I'm driving to work. Uh, I pray uh, at night when I'm in my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we're at Mass, and Mass is a prayer. And so we, we as Catholics, especially as adults, look at all those different ways in which we, quote, unquote, pray. And, and those are prayers. And don't stop doing those by any stretch. Yeah. You can pray in secret. You can go into a little closet and pray. Whatever you want to do, that's great. Keep doing that. Yep. But it's important. For kids, especially the little ones, mm-hmm. to see you pray. Yeah. So if they're seeing it every once in a while, I'll be, uh, you know, I've got my iPhone out. Mm-hmm. And I'm rolling through something. The kids walk up and they, hey, Dad, da-da-da-da-da. And they watch something. They look down. They go, oh, you're praying. And I'm, i got my eye breviary going. Okay. And so they see that I am in the context of prayer. Yeah. Right? And then, like, when we have big family dinners, Christmas, whatever, we have all the family over. Usually the deacon leads the family in prayer, and so they see me and hear me pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see me at church praying because I do that as part of being a deacon. Yep. And not all folks have that same opportunity, but your kids will grow up and be just like you. And if they see you pray, they will pray. Yeah. And maybe it's just as simple as starting as before Mass and after Mass. Get get there five or ten minutes early. We talked about that as one of those great things about how to That's get exactly out of right. Mass. That's right. Get there a little early or stay a little bit late and just be on your knees. And your kids are going to see that. It changes what they think about things yeah. when they see that. Yep. So good that's, example. It's, a mo- it's a modeling behavior that you, you want them to, to do. Yeah, it's a good example. Right, so especially so the confession and the prayer, letting, their, letting your kids see that. So number, five, uh, number six was taking the kids with you to go to confession. Number seven, let the kids see you pray. Mm-hmm. Now, number eight is 
uh, a good one because it involves us here at the Catholic Cafe. Here we go. Yeah. Listen to Catholic Radio. Especially the Catholic Cafe. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a real good one. Uh, or CDs or watch those Catholic DVDs or programs or whatever. Or read Catholic books with, with your, your kids. kids or yeah. with your family, with yeah. your spouse, with with those that you're around. It's really interesting. Um, a lot of people think, oh, it's the boring stuff. I don't want to hear the church stuff. You know, and the, and right. the, and the parents always think, ah, oh, the kids don't want to hear the church stuff. Yeah. You know, and so they don't. So they'll put on something the kids like yeah. when you're in the car, when mm-hmm. you're traveling or whatever. But it's interesting how kids can grow to like things that you might think they wouldn't have liked. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we got a friend, a mutual friend named Jim, who's got a. Uh, a boy named Mark Anthony, who I guess he just went through confirmation. He's going into the ninth. He's in the ninth grade now. And uh, he was saying that, like, when he would take Mark, An- Mark Anthony, he would drive him to school. Mm-hmm. He would put in Scott, Scott Hahn CDs, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, the average kid's like, what is this droning on? Scott Hahn, give me a break. Who cares? I mean, yeah. a kid might think that. Yeah. And, and at the beginning, Mark Anthony kind of pushed back just a little bit like, Dad, <laughs> you know, this is your thing. Yeah. It's not my thing. This is your thing. Right. But interestingly, as they kept going on doing this and it was in the car, now Mark Anthony says, hey, where were we on that CD? It's just, I just think that's amazing that a ninth grader, see, when I was, I was in ninth grade, I wouldn't have thought deep theological stuff. And Scott right. Hahn's got some pretty hefty stuff. It's very, very uh, accessible. It is. And he's easy to listen to, but it's some really good, solid, serious Catholic thought. It is indeed. And normally, ninth graders aren't there. No. Unless they have to be, and it's in a book, and, and they have to write a report on it. Yeah. Right? But to have a kid request it or go, like, where were we? And get excited about picking up that CD where they left off. Yeah, you stumbled on something good. Yeah, we just heard that the other day. And it just, it's, it just helps us understand that when we listen to that stuff, mm-hmm. when it's on our television. It has an impact. The kids will see it. it it's just like it's, it's planting seeds. Yeah. They may not immediately grow. Mm-mm. The Holy Spirit will kind of nurture and water them later, whatever. Mm-hmm. You kind of keep them in there, keep them going. Mm-hmm. And then when they're needed, they bear fruit. There you go. So that's a good positive thing we can do. So listen to Catholic radio, CDs, DVDs. Thank you, Jim. Exactly. Well, that was a good one. So number nine, we're already to number nine. And that is, uh, I think this one's important. And it's not because I, I, I work you know, with the diocese, our particular diocese, but send your kids to Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't want to eliminate so many people who, like, don't send their kids to Catholic schools. Or make sure they go to PRE, Parish Religious Education. Every parish has it. And it's there specifically for kids who don't go to Catholic schools. But also when you do that, jump in and look at their material. Yeah. Talk about their material. Get involved. Get involved, in right. Don't just, don't but, just think that somebody else is going to do it for no, you. No, and the problem is, you're exactly right. If, if, if people don't realize they're the first teachers of faith right. to their own kids. Right. And so then they end up letting the schools do it. Right. So it's not even just enough to send them to a Catholic school. Right. You want to get involved. I know plenty of kids who went through Catholic schools who struggle with their Catholic faith. Yeah. It, it's, it happens to everybody. But the reality is um, if you're involved in the process mm-hmm. and you're, you're like thinking this is important and you let them know how important their Catholic faith is so much so that you would, you would make the, um, uh, the necessary things in your life, make it so that they can go to Catholic schools or to go to PRE. I run the PRE program in my local parish because I'm the DRE, the Director of Religious Education. So The DRE for PRE. We don't have as many kids in PRE as there should be. Yeah. Because parents don't think it's important, except in second grade and eighth grade. 
And what happens there? Sacrament, First communion right, and, and confirmation. confirmation. So right. my attendance wraps, ramps up by 500% or 1,000%. And what's happening is kids aren't in, in uh, first grade, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and into seventh aren't really told that their Catholic faith is important. Yeah. So much so that they would be learning things. Yeah, and if you think they're going to get everything they need out of a seven to ten minute homily. It's not going to happen. Right. It ain't going to happen. And then they're going to struggle later. They're going to have the problems later that um, that so many people have when yeah. they fall away and they just don't know where to go and they don't know what the truth is and they, they just right. don't really have that. Right. So this last one is one that you came up with that, that I added to my list and had to adjust my list because I, I thought it was so important. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I didn't come up with it. So I'm giving you credit to all of the three to five million people listening right now. Thomas P. Dorian. Thomas Patrick Dorian came up with this one, and it's brilliant. All right. And I'm going to let you say it. I think you wrote down lead, yeah. which is going to be like the special forces. The special forces leadership is lead from the front. Don't lead from the rear. Yeah. And so lead, which is kind of, it's kind of a summation of everything we just talked about, which right. is, you know, how to do all this kind of stuff. Be but the leader in your family. Be the leader. You know, you already are when it comes to things like uh, w- which restaurant we're going to tonight. Yeah. You know, uh, where kids are going to go to school, what job you're going to do, what kind of car to buy. You make those decisions. You don't ask right. the kids, uh, should we go with the Toyota Corolla or do you want the Firebird, whatever, you know, 500-something. You know, and, and, and so it's like you're already in that position of leading. Why are you not leading in the faith? Why are you yeah. not leading in your Catholicism? Yeah. You're, you're, you're a natural-born leader. Leader, that's right. Right? And so to take them... And sometimes you're doing things where you, you, you may have to take their hands and gently guide them. Right. There are some times where maybe the kids are grown and they're out of the house, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily consider that you're, you're going to be able to uh, call them up and say, you need to start going to church because I'm the leader. Yeah, that's not going to work. Because you can't beat them over the head with it, right? No, you can't browbeat them. You, gotta just, you just have to do it. And really, it's the leading by example. Right. It's being a model. That's right. And you, and you might even say, hey, just so you know, I'm calling, calling a family meeting. First thing I want to do is I want to apologize. What for, Dad? What's going on? I want to apologize for being a poor spiritual leader to you. I want to, yeah. I want to apologize for not doing the right thing when I should have, for not going to Mass when we should have, for not going to confession. All the things that I should have been doing. And you know what? If your kids know you, if they love you, if they trust you, they're going to listen. They are. And they're going to say, we, we're going to do something different too, Dad. That's good. Or Mom. Great, great so idea. all these 10 things to keep your family Catholic, and I pray for you guys, pray for your families. So we should go ahead and just finish the show out praying for families. Amen. How about we do that? Yes, sir. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you ordained that families would be the means by which we sustain our earthly existence, and the place in which our faith is first planted and nurtured to become fruitful. Grant, we pray, that our efforts as parents, grandparents, children, and relations of all kinds be blessed to abundance and bring you glory. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association.
and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>